What's up, guys? It is Sunday. We are here. We're ready. We're live. We're recording. And as always, let's start the show with a little sponsorship bust. So, as always, guys, Vital Nine, they are the official sponsor of the Crossbones podcast. So, question for everyone Have you ever been walking fast, faces past, and walking homebound and figured, wow, I have a lot of shit in my pockets that I don't want to carry around? Well, Vital Nine has a solution for you. They have technical bags designed and built to withstand everyday use. Guys, check them out at Vital9 on Instagram. It's V-I-T-A-L, the number 9-I-N-E. And their website is spelled the exact same way, .com. Use promo code BONES at checkout to get 20% off your first purchase. Um, so go ahead and check them out, guys. They make different size bags, different colors. I mean, I use mine every day. I was at Costco today, and it came in very, very, very handy. So um, keep in mind, guys, just check them out and use that promo code BONES for that 20% checkout, guys. And so today we have a very special guest, a photographer extraordinaire, Reina, Virginia. Girl, what's going on? Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you for coming all the way from Koreatown. <laughs> yeah. That drive must suck, man. Shit. I don't know. It's a, a lot of drives in LA are prettier than you expect them to be. I don't know. It's anywhere in Santa Monica Boulevard is like a shit show and a half. Anytime <laughs> I have to go out there for work, I swear to God, if, if I don't leave by 2 p.m., fucked like getting home like, yeah it'll take me like an hour and a half oh no i mean i yeah i mean the fact that i make my own schedule and work from home half the time does help me not hate la there because yeah i'm not coming back in that traffic every single day so i don't know koreatown too well like what what are what are some fun things to do out there it's weird i've oh lived here my whole life and like i can't say that i've ever been to koreatown i'm gonna be honest wow maybe once that might be a crime on its own <laughs> um i love it because it kind of gives you a bit of that downtown vibe without actually sticking you downtown mm. um and i'm like i being I'm from arizona and everything's flat and laid out really far away you can't you have to have a car you have to drive around and la oh everyone always said you have to have a car but koreatown you can walk everywhere yeah. if you want to so i love that and but i mean koreatown's just filled with like karaoke and korean barbecue and ramen <laughs> and i mean it's <laughs> the best i'm having a blast i just moved i was in glendale near burbank and i just moved to koreatown over the summer so nice okay what made you move uh, to koreatown specifically well i was living um in glendale i moved during the pandemic from arizona and i just knew i needed to be somewhere new oh, so you're like brand new to the i'm LA. like a year and a half in oh to LA. shit i yeah. thought you were here for a little bit Damn, no bro. no yeah so i um it was in glendale kind of with these two gals who just needed a th third roommate. I didn't know them very well or anything. And Glendale isn't necessarily like where it's at for my job. It was, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it was nice. I liked it there, but Koreatown does feel a little bit more in line with me. And I had a friend, one of my best friends moved. She's also an artist. So now we live together in Koreatown. She also from Arizona? Also, well, she's from El Paso, but yeah, you know, people from El Paso are very proud of El Paso. So I can't really, I can't say that she's from Arizona or she, She'd kill you. Yeah, she'd, I don't know if she'd kill me, but yeah. She'd do bad I have things. to give her the, yeah, she's been all over the place. Um, but we met in Arizona. Okay, yeah. gotcha, yeah. gotcha, yep. gotcha. Okay, what part of Arizona? Um, Phoenix, just okay. generally, yeah. Shout out to the sun. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you, do you like sports? Or <laughs> I, I, sure, yeah. <laughs> Yay, sports. Love me a sport. <laughs> Big sport Dude, gal. that's how all the girls are at my work when, like, people are cheering. Because we have, like, the TVs that are at my work and stuff. So when a team scores and we're all, you know, yelling and... So the girls are always like, yay, yeah, sports. sports. <laughs> yeah, I can appreciate sports. I love going to games and stuff, but I'm, fun, yeah. I don't have the mental energy or emotional capacity to attach myself 
Okay. To teams or care about scores. Well, shit gets a little too far. Some people get a little too crazy. But like, I don't even mean, know. I mean at the bare minimum, I have no energy for it. There you go. Yeah, too, I don't, I just don't care You're too enough. focused on making amazing Yeah, photos. it's not my jam. There you go. Yeah. What is your jam? Well, photos. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll people get are always that. like, what are your hobbies? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I listen, I, I don't know what else to do right now. It's the only thing I can focus on. There you go. Yeah, it's photos. I mean. So we were just talking about um, movies. You said Princess Bride is your favorite movie. Yeah. But people get it confused with Princess Diaries. And then I went on telling you how I thought Meryl Streep for a little bit was kind of a hoax. Okay, here's, here's the thing. I don't understand how we got from Princess Diaries to Meryl Streep. Let me explain. Okay. My mind works very fucking because you said that to the audience yeah. like as if that made sense <laughs> it did it because <laughs> <laughs> i brought up julie andrews and how i i die for her and then you said yeah i hated meryl streep and i went okay <laughs> i think i just wanted to talk about how she's okay so any excuse to talk about your beef exactly. with meryl streep it's not i don't think she's a terrible i don't i think she's a great actress but i think she it was an award show, I think, where she like went on like a rant about martial like MMA not being an art form or some shit. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, this fucking lady, like, because she knows absolutely piss nothing. I'm sure about martial arts in general, right? And as someone who grew up with it, right, as a kid, you go, you just, I've been doing it like my whole life. For someone to just talk down to it like that, where it like it almost belittled it, like it's martial arts isn't an art form. Ball. I'm like, it is though. It's not just two people in a cage. What was There's the like context to, to that? Dude, I don't know. I think she just threw it out there, and that's why people got on her ass. Like, who the fuck? No, it must have been in relation to something. Maybe. There's no reason you go to an awards show and then okay, talk about. Okay, I don't MMA. know if it was an award show, but she said it like in like a video of some sort. Maybe it was an interview. I got to figure I got to find gotta that. Find it, I'm curious what it's from and, and why she was were, talking about it. People were getting on her, which to be fair. Yeah. She's just like, this is just barbaric. I'm like, bro, there's like science to it. There's, it's not like there's just two people in there like winging punches to each other. Right. There yeah. is, if you know, martial arts is very specific science to it. There was a breakdown to it. There's a way to go about it. It's like a chess game. Right. Right. So for her to just spew that out and I'm like, bro, fuck you. Oh, you just, so you were real mad. At really Merle, upset you were personally Street. upset with, with her, okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's why I said she's a hoe. She's not really a hoe, but yeah. she just acted. No, like you're right. Hoe. Someone disagrees with you and you call him a hoe. That feels, <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> People be hoes everywhere, man. <laughs> oh my God. All right. So, how did you uh, get started in photography? Did this start at an early age or where did you fall into it? Yeah, I mean, I think like many kids, I was a little bit of, I was the mom of the group. I took all of the photos in junior high, high school, making sure our memories were captured. But I don't think I had any sense of an art form with it. It was simply getting out my little, you picture, know, yeah, yeah my, my little Nikon cool pics and taking my hella cool photos and um but I don't I went to school for filmmaking I thought I was going to change my major like a million times I went in as like a joke I was like yeah filmmaking I'm going to be a director and then I was like I'm going to change my major a million times so it's not going to matter and then I finished my degree in filmmaking and I have a oh, degree shit. in that now and um, a bachelor's bachelor's degree yeah okay. yeah and um bachelor's of fine arts um but then i after college did that kind of lost thing and just thought i don't know exactly what i'm gonna do i wasn't ready for a move to la or anything like that yeah um and i worked you know like most people in like retail and stuff like that worked a bunch of jobs and started doing photography on the side and people were offering me money for it and then i was like oh okay i'm kind of good at this and then it just took off immediately i started a business and haven't done anything since then. I've only done photography 
since that point. I mean, I started my business three years ago. So, um, but it's been, I don't know how I fell into it this way. And I feel so lucky that I did because I don't know what else I would be doing. It's the, I just love it so much. So were you in, when you were in college, did you just go to get a degree to just get a degree or what did you go into college for? A little bit. I mean, I was definitely like goody two shoes, got to go get the paper. Um, and did your parents kind of instill that in you or were you more just like, for sure. You know, they were totally the, um, parents who grew up with nothing and wanted our, their kids to have something. And, yeah. and they, I mean, I was very privileged. They were at a really good point. I never had to worry about, anything yeah. you know um and they you know helped me put, put me through college of course so I think for me it was definitely like I just know I need to go do this I knew I wasn't um I was an artsy type I've always been that like I I don't think I could have tried to do of course they would have loved and I if I went into engineering or something because they always hyped me and gassed me up about how smart I was and I was yeah. like okay but I can't go confirm how dumb I am in college <laughs> I need to go do something artsy so um so yeah, I went into filmmaking because I love, I mean, we were just a movie family for sure. It was like my entire childhood. And so we always made dumb little, you know, short films or whatever. And it wasn't unnatural for me to go into that at all. I was like a theater kid too. I wrote stories. Like it felt very much like I'm going to be in a storytelling world, which I feel like sounds froofy to say, but <laughs> it is what it is. Um, and I just didn't expect to stick with it. I didn't know if I'd actually have any talent there. So I did that. I did documentary work. I was a videographer for a while. Um, and then that transition into photography happened. And I was like, ah, this, okay, we're there. This is what I was supposed to be doing. So I've never taken a photography course or anything. Um, I just, I mean, video is, you know, a good transition point to start from. But So what was the yeah. moment that you figured out, like, oh, what was your transitionary moment where you were like, oh, okay, like, this is now what I feel like I should do? It's so dumb. I <laughs> went... Uh, I went to work as a videographer and a video producer at a sleepaway camp for three months. Sleepaway camp. Like, like a camp, you know, you seem like, like parent movie? trap. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, those like massive horseback riding, like those sleepaway camps for like rich, rich kids. Rich, yeah, yeah. I went to one for like three or four months and it wasn't one where like kids are cycled through. They're there the whole summer and they're, I mean, well-off children and I was that's why there's a role why would a camp even have a video producer role we were there to produce a daily show every day for the parents and parents would throw fits if the daily show was not uploaded in time it was bonkers wait wait, so like for them to watch and make sure their kids are like yeah because we were in the Pocono Mountains in Pennsylvania and it was not like super secluded I don't know it's kind of secluded yeah yeah it's definitely like we were on acres and acres of land and there's like a a lake and yeah bonkers it was crazy and so many kids were there and I mean it was crazy so I I was bunked with kids but I was also a video producer and they could take electives you know like horseback riding or tennis but also video classes so I would teach video editing or whatever we didn't have internet or anything but we could still do all the other junk so anyway I could talk for years about that job because I think it was one of my more traumatic experiences. Really? Oh, I've never been bullied more in my life than by 14-year-old girls at that camp. You're fucking joking. No, I'm not. And I was maybe at my the... most fragile point of life. How too. Like after it was, It was right out of college. So, so 19, I was like, got my degree, 18? but I don't know what I'm going to do with my life and I'm jobless, so I'm going to go do this So camp. you're like 22, 21. I was like, yeah, I was probably 22 or 21. Okay. 
And um, wait, what do you mean bullied? Like they're just dogging on you? Oh my gosh! Because I was bunked with nine 14 year old girls, and the camp went from like age six to eighteen. It was like a wide range, hundreds of kids. And I mean, they, I mean, they just are ruthless. Like I've, you think, you think you've seen it. You think you've seen mean 14 year old girls. And then I went to that camp and I was like, oh my God, I thought I had some self-worth, but I clearly do not. (laughs) Um, It was bad, dude. And I was also like, you know, it was a transitionary period. I was like getting out of a relation or, and then last year of a relationship, I was depressed. I just finished school. I didn't know what I was doing. It was very fragile so were they just like talking shit oh my gosh they were so mean it's like about your appearance about anything and how dumb you are blah 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 and then they'd be like you work for me i'm gonna get you fired oh my god and terrified thankfully anyway all that's to say i was a video producer the camp photographer who that was also a very intense job um had to leave i was friends with him and the the um i became friends with him at the camp but the camp uh director couldn't find anyone to fill it and and she was just like can you just also and i was already working like 15 hours like the days are crazy um and so i added on taking photos as well and running all over camp and taking these photos and they sell the photos to the parents online and she told me they made more sales with my photos than they ever had before now that's i wasn't getting paid extra for this i wasn't seeing any of that money like it was just so it was kind of like after that job i think she gave me like i don't know hundred dollar cash bonus or something ridiculous for three months of work but um i uh went home and thought how did i create so much revenue for them (laughs) just pictures of their kids not something i'm remotely passionate about taking pictures of 14 you know, old scumbags. Yeah, like on the lake with water skis. Or I don't know, you know. And so, um, you could say those. But that was my moment. Out. I was like, people are paying money for this and they don't even know who's taking the photos or anything. Yeah. And it feels natural to me. Like that was easy. And, you know, and so the photos weren't incredible compared to what I'm doing now and how confident I feel in my abilities at the time when I look back at them, whatever. But it was definitely the turning point. I was like, I can make money doing that, maybe. And then, um, yeah, I just, you just start shooting friends and family and it's little by little, you know, I was doing really bad work for a long time and you just do free work. I think that's everything though. That's like tattoos. That's like even podcasting. Like your, my first episodes are so cringy. I fucking hate, well, first (laughs) of all, I don't, I don't like hearing myself. So when I edit these, I fucking hate listening to me. Yep. You guys are great. But when I'm listening to myself, I'm like, God damn it. I sound so fucking, I sound, I feel like I sound different on microphones than I do when I talk to people in person. It's miserable. I've spent so much of my life here. Um, I was in like a band when I was a kid. Nice yeah, singer. Yeah. This is what I mean. We were just always like <laughs> dunking ourselves into ridiculous <laughs> art platforms. And so I was uh, in this like kind of Disney pop princess vibe band. Yeah. And <laughs> like when I was like 12. What are you doing? Like you I doing, played like, bass. Covers of, I like... played bass. Oh, covers. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I played bass, guitar, piano, and I sang. Damn. Okay. So hearing. So we would just record ourselves garage band or whatever. Yeah. I hated myself and me you know at 12 years old to realize you hate your own voice and then i did the podcast in college and things like that it's just always <laughs> hating my voice so i know what you mean it's um, not fun yeah it's i just fun. i've always been aware of it my whole life and of course now we're all used to recording ourselves on our phones and stuff too so i know it's like a whole different maybe world, we're a man. little desensitized to it but i just that's never left me from being a kid and being like oh i'm annoying what was your favorite cover disney song to do Oh, we, so I should clarify. We didn't cover Disney songs. Oh, you didn't? I just oh, mean okay, we're okay. like, you know when you'd see like a very Disney corporate 
band put That's together. What you guys that was the vibe of what we were. <laughs> I thought you guys were like legit covering like it's no, a, I'm like sorry. Disney shit. We like. covered songs, but we would cover like the Cars or like oh, okay, uh, okay. we covered a wide range of the you know, Goo Goo Dolls. Please like, tell me there's recordings of this that we can all listen. Oh, to. we had some singles that we put out. <laughs> some bangers. We dude, had a shit. music video. No, you didn't. Yeah, I'm trying to Please own tell this. Me this is on YouTube. I'm trying to own this about myself. Is this on because YouTube? This is on YouTube. Oh, because <laughs> okay. Because you know everyone's got their thing that they like for example this used to be a thing that it would be like after four or five months of dating someone i'd be like i have to tell you i was in a band (laughs) it would be a secret and now i'm like i'm going to own this because this was kind of sick other kids were in like club soccer or whatever you had a fucking band i was in a band not in band because people think i mean i'm in like marching band or something i'm in a band And um, we played at all the local malls. <laughs> no fucking way, yeah. dude. Holy shit. So were you guys kind of big? We were big amongst like the families Phoenix. and okay. young this like This is in kids. Arizona, we, right? Okay. In Arizona. We'd have like kids show up and know our songs and dance and stuff. Like little kids. No question. The singer and the people in the other, do they still do music? Or do you even know so, that they still do? <laughs> this, is, this is where it gets even cringier. It was like a family band. My okay. brother, my sister, me, and then our friend, who's now a professional drummer on Broadway. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, See? he's one of them. He's made incredible. It. One of them. Made um, it. so he was one, one of my childhood friends, and yeah, he's incredible. My brother still plays music. He's still very, very talented. Okay. My sister played like um, he was a guitarist and stuff, but my sister played strings like violin and cello, Love and I'm sure she could still pick it up. Yeah. She's still musically inclined as well, but we don't play still yeah, like yeah. yeah we're not doing anything with get it get a reunion going that would be actually pretty sick like it if you did like a reunion be. that'd be I, pretty dope we've thought about it we did like a, a faux reunion when we were yeah. like i don't know maybe 18 or something like that because yeah. we did it when we were it was a couple it was a good chunk of time that we did it but um anyway <laughs> that's awesome yeah, Fuck yeah. It, i would love to do a reunion a song, reunion. baby. I feel like I almost need to wait until I'm 30, though. You know, I need to be a little <laughs> bit. It has to be even more extra at yeah. some point. We got to wait till we're, like, real. We got families of our own or something. Oh, okay, that'd be kind of You know cute. what I mean? Like, like have the, have it's got to be, like, I'm an embarrassing drunk aunt <laughs> or or parent of some kind, and then I'm having a reunion show. Dude, like, that'd be so sick, though. Dude, that's awesome, though. Fuck, I have nothing like that as a kid. Like, I just wasn't artistically, like... I liked sports growing up. So I was See, like, you know. but it's like you said about MMA. Like other things can be artistic to you and yeah. your in your brain, left, right, right, left brain, right brain, or whatever. Exactly. You know, depend. It doesn't have to be like not like Meryl Streep that dumb. Bit. No. <laughs> no, oh my god, I want to be the advocate for Meryl Streep here because I have I a feeling there's something listen, missing from this listen, story. There is not. I, I could be wrong. You could look it up and then like maybe. The, but I remember her being super dumb about it. Like just okay. not. It's like when, when was just, this? How old were you? What's your not memory that old. based on? It was like three years ago. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was All like right. in the heart of like when I would say like a really boom period for like mixed martial yeah. arts. Yeah, you understand why this is hard for me. She's a national treasure. I understand I, that, okay. Yeah. yeah. But she's still kind of a hoe. Like, <laughs> oh, okay, it's the same way that like those those fourteen year old girls. Sure. They were acting like Call hoes, me a hoe. dude. Yeah, 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 sure. They were being hoes, you know. Yeah, it's hard to say that about children on. They're fourteen. They're not fucking. Okay. Now, well, now, now they're, they're probably now they're eighteen yeah, or whatever. Exactly. So you know they're adults. It's okay. But fair but enough. Some kids are shitheads. That, that dude. job was. If listen, anyone listening, if you get the chance to work at a sleepaway camp. Don't do it. No, I think you should do it. And it'll humble the heck out of you. And you'll meet a lot of international people, which is great. Because then if you go anywhere in the world, you've got a couch to crash on. Boom. That part's great. But um, 
yeah if you feel like your ego needs a punch in the throat go there go there man go there make like no money whatsoever and get a a tick or something but you gotta go to a rich one right you can't (laughs) go to like you can't go to the the like there's some really good camps in arizona that are like in prescott and stuff that are like three week or one week things you gotta be there the whole the kids like cycle through this is a whole nother monster it's a whole beast it's like a movie it was like a movie it is like a movie yeah with but with all the realism attached (laughs) It doesn't have the fun. It's almost cult-like. I'm really? gonna get. I'm so people are gonna hear this and be like, "Camp was my life." But it is. There's songs that they all know, and they're all sitting in an amphitheater, and you have to like go with play it. along with it and like know the hand movements. And it feels there's moments where you have this out of body, and you're like, "Where the fuck am I?" Am I? <laughs> and people have been going to this camp for their entire lives because kids would be they'd go there when they were like six. And this is so not why I came to this podcast. But here I'm we excited. Are. No, this, this is, what is we're doing. good. This is good. They would go to this camp when they were like six. They'd spend their whole life there. And then after they turn like 17 or whatever, they become junior counselors. Okay, I was going to say, then they come become And they come the... back. And when they're like a junior counselor in training or whatever, uh, yeah, CIT is what they call them, counselor in training, then they're still paying to go there. They're not getting paid or anything. And then they can apply to be a counselor. A counselor. So people literally do it. They never stop. They do it their entire lives. It is their whole That's world. That's insane. And I get it. Like, I can understand it. To, I can, I can, I'm like, yeah, community, like your village, your people, like I totally understand that. Yeah, but yeah. then, but then you think about it for a little too long and you're like, actually, no, I, it's a little I, fucking <laughs> weird. You're like, hmm, I don't know. Well, about then you experience one. it and you're just alone in the woods with these people and you're like, what am I doing? <laughs> the only time, the, okay, speaking of camps, when I think of camps like that that you just explained, I think of one movie that to this day is still so fucking funny to me and it's Heavyweights. Have you seen Heavyweights? No, I haven't. For the, please watch it. Okay. It's, one of like Ben Stiller's probably first movies. Oh, Benny's He's, in it? Dude, I'm telling Anything you Anything for Benny. How funny this fucking movie is is like it's just it is it's a fat camp movie, right? But it's so fucking Okay, good, so dude. it didn't age well is what I'm assuming. <laughs> no, you know what? Weirdly enough it kind of did. It did. Okay, it, it, okay. it's like they do kind of shit. Ben Stiller's an asshole, but like the parents are kind of dicks too cuz they're obviously want their kids to not be fat anymore. But I'm like, bro, you fucking you could have stopped them from like not eating like shit as children. Oh like, man, I, I don't know. It, it does feel like god, fat camp in general even that saying, exist even anymore, say, right? I was gonna say, even saying it feels wrong. That's not a thing like, anymore, right? I hope not. I hope it's not. It absolutely should not be on. that way. I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. Don't do you think sometimes you need a punch in the gut like that though? Like you know? maybe in certain ways, but I don't know. I listened to your podcast with Sydney, who's yeah, yeah. my trainer, and I freaking love her. Um, Shout out to and her. you guys had like maybe 15 seconds where you touched on like body positivity for a sec. Yes. And I disagree with most of what you guys said, okay. but I, you know, she's my trainer and I love her, respect her and yeah, have yeah. a great time. Um, and we're, you know, everyone's allowed to have differences of opinion. Of um, but you guys also only got to talk about it for like 15 seconds. We didn't so there go wasn't like a diving it, yeah. in or anything like that. Um, but I do feel like, you know, um, I don't know, like specifically talking about like Lizzo, I think mm. is who you guys talked about. You know, there's just so much when you talk about these things that have to be more in depth because she is super fit. She's like super fit. She works out. She eats really well. I mean, she has a stamina to perform on stage for so many people. She's stunning. And, and I think Sydney said something about like, um, you know, her feeling uncomfortable with it because girl, little girls watch, you know, these people in the media. Yeah. And I, as a photographer, I work with a lot of models and a lot of people who just got signed yeah. or I do a lot of test shoots. And 
I kind of see the other side of it. Like for me, I'm thinking about little girls who are seeing models who are a size zero. And we've been talking about this for decades. Yeah. yeah. Um, and how unhealthy that I'm so much happier with the thought that people could be accepting of their own body and not worried about people who it's none of their business. Then people who make it their business and for, and, and, you know, really try and, uh, impress upon people that they need to be tiny. And I think as a little girl, that's way more, you know, struggling. So anyway, I know we're super off topic, but oh, I have fine. a lot of like thoughts about, yeah. I, I, you know, the campaign or, or the, the, the societal, you know, um, the cultural body positivity to me is, I, I mean, I love that yeah. world, but I don't think there's anything wrong with that outlook either. And again, there's nothing wrong with being positive about your body and owning it. I have nothing wrong with that. Yeah. My problem is, is when they get on, like, like she'll do like what, what's called like a mukbang thing where they just like get on camera yeah. and eat their lives away, which cool. I mean, it's kind of fun. To I mean, watch tons of people do that. Skinny people do it too. I'm not advocating for people to be a size zero either, but I don't think being at that. And the only reason I can somewhat speak to this is because I was like hella over my whole life growing up as a kid. I was fat. I was right. not like an in shape kid, you know, or an adult at some points in my life. So the reason I say that is because when I was like that, there wasn't like a, oh, this is body positive for me. I hated how I felt. Right. right. And how I like I could I mean, like we said too, like walking or running like places or even like being mm-hmm. at a thing was like it wasn't fun. It was like, I mean, I go to theme parks now and I get fucking exhausted. I can only imagine yeah. what people in that state maybe would feel like, right. If they're not sure, good. but at the but same I mean, time, it was your experience. And exactly, I'm, yeah. I'm glad, you know, that, that, you know, what has worked for you has worked for yeah. you. But I do think like, I think as much as a punch to the gut can be motivating for people. So can loving yourself into the body that you want. Of course. And sometimes the body they want is the body they have. And so I think for me, like, I just think that that mindset is because, because if someone is having a hard time walking around, it's also still for me, not of any of my concern (laughs) concern. And so, yeah. And I do think that there are a lot of people who they're predisposed to this or genetically, or there's so many things going on right now where people work against it their whole lives. And I just think, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure there are statistics about, um, people hurting themselves or about suicide or about these different things. And I, I just feel like as someone who was born a girl and grew up in that atmosphere Mm -hmm. and I know it's, you know, it happens with, with, people of all body types and all, yeah. all genders. But, um, in my experience too, it's like that pressure is insane. And I, and I was definitely someone who would have been perceived as skinny and I still felt like I'm going to hate myself no matter what. So I it just can't imagine it's more motivating to be hating yourself than to be happy with yourself and able to live a productive, happy life. Um, so anyway, I've, we don't have to make the whole thing about no, that, no, but no, I do but, feel uh, no. strongly about those things. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah. And again, we're not always going to agree, right? We can, yeah. But that's how life is. And man. your experience not, is your experience. Mine that. is mine. Is yours, yeah. Exactly, but I guess yeah. I just, yeah, I was like, yeah, if I get the chance to say that, I think it'd be nice because obviously it's a different perspective. Are important. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool. So let me ask you this. Um, when people come to you in regards to getting photos done, right? They'll mm-hmm. reach out to you. Now, when you look now, do they express, Hey, this is what I want. Or do you kind of play with it where they're like, Hey, take a look at me. And what do you think I would look good in? Oh, interesting. Um, people, I mean, people do approach it from all different angles. Sometimes I get people who will DM me and they have absolutely no clue what they want. Or so I have a lot of like kind of workflow paperwork, which sounds boring, but like things that I'll send to clients, 
um, to help them figure out what it is they want. Different locations, different, you know. Um, and sometimes people are very much straightforward asking me for like just headshots or something or their family photos or engagements or whatever. But if, if it is something that's like portraits or, you know, and they do want something more artistic or something, um, then, yeah, I mean, I'll work with them on, you know, I don't know, inspo boards, things like that. But sometimes it's a little bit out of my price range. Does that make sense? Like you're only paying me for this. price range. Yeah, like okay. or out of they would need to pay me more for me to be uh, almost an art director for this shoot. Does that make sense? Gotcha. Like, cause you're going to set everything up essentially. Yeah. So I'll, I have other paperwork, like a little booking packet. I'll send someone and it has some tips on wardrobe or what I think, you know, uh, would help them or bringing extra color palettes, um, rather than individually talking to each person about it. Cause I just, uh, being so, I'm sure you feel this too. Sometimes being so accessible online, at any time and getting DMs at 10 p.m. and feeling like you need to respond right away. When I get so many of those, it's nice to have this other back-end stuff that I just send that is, like, for everybody Here, instead of having out, to, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, that's my client work if we're talking, like, working with agencies or models or test shoots, things like that, then I do get way more specific because it's more about my creative eye and not about um, getting out some content for someone. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's, see, that's why I was like, I wonder if it's treated almost like when, um, you're going to get a tattoo, like when, you know, when you right. have to get an artist, they're like, well, what do you want? Or if you want them to just be like, here's an idea and you come up with something. Right. So that's totally. why I almost like, I wonder what, what people ask for really. I think know? it is kind of like that only it happens in the moment rather than before. Ah. So like, instead of me doing a, like a tattoo artist would prep something and draw and you'd reach out to that tattoo artist because you like their style. Yeah. So sometimes I'll get someone who will reach out and they'll book me for something. And then suddenly the day before the shoot, they have all these notes about how they specifically want something shot or specifically, you know, I want to do this, this and this. And I'm like, that's not even close to my style. Why did you even reach out to me? Yeah. You know, like, cause a, a little bit needs to be, you found me because you align with how I see things or how, you know, my portraits are taken and that's what you're looking for. So yeah, when someone is kind of getting a little bit more <laughs> particular if it is more client-based and not agency-based or or editorial or something then I kind of have to be like I'm gonna uh have to create a boundary there almost um but I do help if people have questions I never want anyone to like feel uncomfortable uh asking questions about what they should be wearing or what to do with their hands or people get so uncomfortable in front of the camera and I understand it I hate it. I fu- I do not like people hate really it. Don't. No, it's and everybody fun. thinks every. I can't even tell you. I think it's ninety eight percent of the people I shoot with, whether it's a couple or families or a model or someone like. People will always warn me that they are bad in front of the camera. They'll be like, I'm just so you know, I'm terrible. I don't know what I'm doing. I never know what to do with my hands. I'm like, you think you are. Like we're all like if you. <laughs> If you're super comfortable in front of the camera, you know exactly what to do. You're a model. Like, you have practiced that, and that's your job. Most people don't know. So I'm going off on a whole tangent now, but I'm super movement-based, especially when it comes to, like, as I call my client work, like couples and, and families and even corporate stuff sometimes. So when you say movement-based, what do you mean by I that? give them an activity or I give them, uh, 
small choreography or something like i'll be like, like i'll be like hey walk towards me and at the end shift the weight between your hips and flip your hair to the side or something and because it's always going to turn out different it's not like me telling someone to do that will look identical to the last person i told to do that so it creates different results and i'm usually capturing the in-between moment of them doing those things the moment where they're laughing at themselves and looking down or the moment you know what i mean like more candid again it gets them it, it gets them they might feel uncomfortable or they feel silly but silly looks good on camera so like most of the time i can give them they don't know what if i'm having someone hold a pose for a long time you're gonna look awkward it's not because you're awkward it's because having you hold a pose is not natural it's not yeah yeah so especially especially with the family couples all that jazz because you're not trying to be you want some artsy portraity you know maybe some fun kind of i call them like album cover style family photos or something but yeah. that doesn't mean every photo is going to be posed posed i'm going to give you something yeah. new, so you feel like you can be genuine with each other in the moment there's this one um i always thought when i get like married and like i have kids or like a dog or something which hopefully that'll happen in my life at some point <laughs> yeah i'm gonna do like a death row records like uh album cover for me my wife and my dog and we're gonna do like have you ever seen that shit I'm where it's like to... it's tupac it's big it's tupac it's uh, snoop dog and then suge knight and they're all in like black turtlenecks and they oh, just look okay. hard as shit. Absolutely. And I'm like, bro, that goes so hard. I'd be like, that'd be dope. And then we'll put the dog in one too. <laughs> <laughs> you absolutely should. Yeah. Okay. So for you, um, I'm not going to say weirdest, but what's the most unique thing that someone has been like, this is the photo shoot I want. Can you do this? Um, Where you were even like, I don't know if I can fucking roll with that. Like. Well, I mean, I've had ones I've said no to. Which I've had are? I've had people. <laughs> <laughs> I've had people, and sometimes it's a, it's very clear it's a spam account. And I've had ones that are not spam, and it's a real person. And I've checked them out, and I know that they're real. They're I had one that almost bamboozled me entirely, and I. <laughs> Oh, well, we had set up a date. There was a deposit. It was the whole thing. Oh, and shit. then we got closer to the shoot. And they're like, cool. So this is what they told me. Because I did, I did a stint of like a lot of boudoir photography for a while. And so that was a lot of my like feed. And so they reached out to me and they were a couple. And they wanted boudoir style photography. Which for couples can be really fun and kind of like romantic. And we can get a, a, a chaise lounge and be in little robes. And, you know, that can be kind of cute and fun and uh, something to mix it up. And so that's in my head. It was like artistic, romantic boudoir photos and then we get closer to the shoot and they're like cool so this is what we're imagining and they send me this long dm which i only work through. <laughs> i usually transfer people to emails now because i need more of a paper trail but um this was over dm at the time and it was just this long dm specifically talking about so yeah we want one image with, with very clear penetration and blah 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 shit. they were quite literally <laughs> literally looking for pornography from me and I <laughs> did not know what to say. I, what I don't understand. Like what legit, in my, like they wanted. They like, wanted me to get photos of them in the act together, and they called it boudoir. Well, so for people who don't know, because I'm one of those people, what is boudoir? In so, boudoir, if someone said that, what is that? Exactly? So boudoir photography is like you know when you see kind of soft, airy, artistic photos of women in lingerie, or um, you know sometimes they're studio style, or they're in home, and they've got. You know, they're draped over their bed or whatever. It's 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 very like stylistic, um, beautiful 
sometimes nude photography, but most of the time it's covered. So it's supposed to be artwork, you know? Um, and so a lot of women do them like before their wedding or, gotcha. um, yeah, or people, I shouldn't say, say women, lots of people do this. And so, um, so anyway, so that's, you know, pretty normal and it can range quite a bit. People can be almost fully covered and it can still be considered sensual in that way. So that is kind of the stuff I was doing. And then, yeah, and then I almost they went like, through. <coughs> they wanted they, like a Bang Bros. Shoot. And they, I mean, they did not hold back. They were so specific in that message. I was like, Am oh, I? like, like what they, they want. wrote out exactly what they were looking for. And I was <laughs> like, oh, so you mean se- you're looking? You're porn, you dog. want me to stand in the room and watch you guys have sex and take photos of it, which is a job that people yeah, do. No, and for sure. and also the thing is, is I don't think they're not sex workers. I don't work in the sex industry and I respect that entire world, but it's not what I do. And these people, I feel like tried to pull the hood over my eyes a little bit. And so, um, that was, I mean, that's got to qualify as one of the weirder ones. I didn't go through with it. And I kindly wrote them back and said, I'm so sorry. This is not the type of work I do. I appreciate you reaching out to me. Let me, I'll try and see if I can find someone for you. And now, then of course, since I don't know anybody who does pornography, I didn't send them anybody, but I think they were okay with my response. Now, do you think when you say they're trying to pull a hood over your eyes, you think they just wanted you in there to just to have you part watch of them? Me, part like of it's me was like, like a voy- voyeurism Yeah, thing? I don't know. They definitely did want photos, but it was also like, you know, it like I don't a, maybe it's part a of kink. me was like power to them. You know, we should be shameless about this stuff, but also you have to be honest. It can't like it can't wait be like, until Yo, let's, <laughs> yeah. Or maybe Google the word boudoir before you hire me for a boudoir shoot yeah, or something. To I understand don't know. what it actually is. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Cause I don't want to say for sure. Like, you know, that it wasn't, doing, yeah. but they weren't, they were not sex workers. They were not, yeah. which like if it had been something like that and someone from that world had reached out to me about something like this, like there are part I respect that world so much mm. it's just not what I do but these were not people in that world they were a couple yeah. who wanted me to <laughs> to I don't know it was it was interesting it was interesting and um I you know I wish I wish I had a funnier story of actually you know I mean that's pretty interesting something. in general yeah, but like, yeah so what's one of your most um fun shoots you'd say you had like where you were just like man this is so much fun I love the environment one uh, yeah. or what, what, what would you say you could throw a couple of them out there Anytime I get to do um, anything editorial, so um, working with these different agencies and models and, um, you know, I'm working every now and then for small magazines. I haven't done anything like major, major, but, um, you know, small zines or magazines, those are so fun. There's a, a new magazine out of Arizona called Blur Mag, and I did a spread for them, and that was, I mean, so fun. It was like shooting, like, 28 people in these big group shots up on the at the you know Papago Park and these mountains in Arizona and that was really fun I mean and that one was a while ago too but it still sticks out to me of just like you get a big group of people who all love what they're doing and they're all we have a full team of you know hair makeup wardrobe etc um and that was you know quote-unquote small scale um but out here I also get to work on uh, behind the scenes jobs or unit stills jobs, which kind of mixes my like film background with what I do now. And I mean, it's just what it sounds like it's behind the scenes photography. So, you know, some production companies I've worked with out here or sometimes, um, ad agencies for commercial work and stuff. And so like, you know, I did, um, uh, behind the scenes for, uh, um, oh my gosh, Patty Dubroff, who did a, 
a collab with a makeup brand called Beauty Pie, and she was releasing a new makeup line, and she's a celebrity makeup artist, so she does, I mean, Olivia Wilde, like everybody's makeup. And so that was fun, and my photos ended up in Vogue for that, and that was amazing. That's awesome. And those are just fun, because you're there for like 12 hours, and they feel so long, but it's like every moment of it is rewarding. And also, I get to be there and meet everyone and hang out and take photos and not be at all responsible for the end result of the project. (laughs) So you're just there, and you get to meet people. I did like... I worked at the ASC the, um, and did uh, one of their short films. It's like a test piece for, they're going to use it to, um, like when they're marketing new screens. Like when you go to Costco or something and yeah. there's TV screens and there's something like non-copyrighted playing or something, but they're also going to do it for different types of screens and movie theaters and stuff like that. Anyway, it's this kind of a big deal with the, with the ASC and I did the unit sales for that and that was a long, you know, shoot for a short film and I'm working with people like the guy who was the AC on ET and the guy sure. who did all of the the set design for home the home alone movies and you know and you because of the nature of my job I am always working and also always not working at the same time so like I can talk to these people and meet them and hang out and and still sneakily take photos and do everything I need to do without it being like manual labor setting up lights and being a gaffer or something you know um i did one uh link tree commercial with karamo brown from queer eye oh shit no way. personally for me it was phenomenal was he cool he's the coolest he was so nice you know queer eye means a lot to me too and also i made him laugh and he hugged me and i felt pretty good about that experience yeah. so it just kind of feels like la is a little bit like you know, I you don't get too starstruck, really. It's just kind of like, yeah, these are just... It's it's fun to just be in an environment where, like, everybody's doing something, and they're small or they're big, and everybody's doing it all. And yeah, I kind of feel a little bit like, dang, you know, if this all ended tomorrow, and I wasn't getting to do photography anymore, and I had to go back to retail or something... Shit suck, man. I, but also, I kind of feel satisfied. Like, I like really... you did what you... I did what, some things I wanted to do, and that uh, feels pretty wild for my first year in L.A., you know? Like during a pandemic <laughs> like you kind of killed it dude. Yeah, thank Shit. you i got lucky lucky so yeah well luck been... but a lot of it's your talent too. i was you know i will I mean? say i was prepared before moving here yeah. if i had moved right after college like a lot of my peers there was a lot of people in arizona where la was kind of infamous for chewing you up and spitting you back out like yeah. people just tell you that all the time like don't go to la it's gonna ruin you and i'm like i just never understand i'm like maybe you just weren't ready for LA like if you don't if you're going thinking just being there is going to make something happen it's not going to work out just like any city it's not special to LA you know so I think it was good that I moved when I did I didn't even know that I needed to leave until I left you know and then I was like oh okay I'm prepared for these opportunities if I had gotten an opportunity like these jobs that I'm talking about three years ago four years ago I would have shit the bed and then I would never have touched a camera again you know what I mean like I needed to be ready to not shit the bed and people get opportunities too quick and then it ruins them a little bit. I think success has an equal luck and uh, component to it, but it, I think a lot of it has to do with the talents, right? Like I always, I'm not a very religious person. So like when people get awards and shit and like, they're like, I want to thank God for some forms. I'm like, no, I'm going to thank myself because I got here where I'm at because of yeah. the hard work I put in. Right. Yeah. Or Which just, to be fair, I'm just, not shitting on religion, but like, it just always trips me out that they're not like, well, fuck, I did that shit. Like, you no, know, thanking I the people you. that helped you along the way. But dude, like you kind of got yourself there, man. You know, Absolutely. you made it. Like, I do feel, no, I, I have an interesting relationship with religion too. I'm, I'm not religious at yeah. all. Um, but I feel similar. I totally get you. It's like people 
take away their own victories sometimes and they deserve to be celebrated and and you know i i always thought that part of religion was interesting like you have to think someone else Who's for all not, these instead like, of like really for me it'd be like all the people around me like absolutely exactly. no way i would be a stable person if it was not for all the people around me who are letting me go off the rails and be an artist right now you know join a band when you were a kid or do <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. you know like yeah, let like you I'm have that freedom renaissance man <laughs> <laughs> so i mean it's it's great man it's okay so for you the vogue magazine so where do you see yourself like going next what's the next venture for you do you want to dip your toes in something different do you know or do you want to stick to where you're at like what's the next goal for you i'm so along for the ride at the moment but i do feel i kind of go back and forth like part of me is like if i could get full-time work from now on only in bts photography on sets working in the in the film industry where my original love was sick would love that avenue but also portraiture and editorial fashion holy cow the most fun getting to work with other creatives building a team getting these photos that truly feel like art and there's a direction and there's a story that I mean holds my heart if I could actually get into that and be able to make money amazing incredible and then part of me also was like what if I got a full-time gig as a resident photographer for like a slow fashion brand and I had a 401k and healthcare through a company that would also be great so I'm kind of um I'm open to all doors and I, I'm saying yes to a lot yeah um and I feel yeah just no sex work because I'm still like I you know I drive back to Arizona for weddings and engagements constantly and then I come back here and I'm on a set and then I go I'm the variety of my work I don't think I'll ever have another time in my life where I get to benefit from such a variety you know like it's so fun it's just fun it's ins- I feel like I'm committing a crime like how am I allowed <laughs> to, to do this, this right now it's crazy I mean I don't have kids I don't have I don't have any responsibility you don't have anything holding you back I can live the paycheck to paycheck and be like yeah I'm just gonna do this and then that and it's just fun obnoxious that you know? I get to do this. like you said it's like you don't have anything stopping you yeah you know yeah. which is good so let me ask you um this is obviously going to be more ten- centered towards people that like are into photography and you know cameras and stuff but do you specifically use a type of camera for a different shoot every time or is it a specific camera that you just use for every shoot um i currently shoot on canon but i have no people really get heavy into the beef between ca- canon and Nikon and oh really people oh my god I don't know what that it it feels like maybe our sports I don't know if that's what it is (laughs) okay I was gonna say like yeah (laughs) but I have no beef with either team I just happened to have owned a Canon for a really long time and loved it and really used to that you know how everything's laid out and um so I've got a Canon 60 Mark II I'm hoping I can buy a, a second camera soon um, because every time I get a new one, it's usually because my old one is broken. So I have some broken <laughs> cameras I could splurge on and get fixed. But um, but anyway, so I've got that. I also shoot a lot of film right now. So like I've got, um, you know, a, a kind of an array of different film cameras, all 35 millimeter. I don't have any medium format right now. Um, What's the benefit of shooting on 35 millimeter? It's just, honestly, I would say that is almost more of my hobby. Like, digital is the job, film is the hobby at the moment. Okay. People do pay me for film photography, but that always feels like, oh my God, really? You're going to pay me? You know, like it always like feels an extra little, so yeah. fun. Um, and I don't charge a lot for it because mainly I'm just, I'm so jazzed to do it for anything other than for fun. Um, 
but it's it definitely I mean it's kind of a cliche everyone says it just makes you a better photographer like you're really learning to you know blindly work on your own and really know how you want a shot set up and where to put your settings and metering things and finding the right light and timing like it's all a part of it that you learn with digital but I think so much of my confidence as a photographer now has come from knowing I can do it without even seeing, you know, like that part is really, it's kind of the, like, do it with your eyes closed to hands behind your back kind of vibe. Like that feels really validating. And also there's, it's weird. Digital gives you the opportunity to do anything you want. Photoshop, blah, blah, blah. You can really make any image exactly what you want it to be. And somehow being in a box makes me feel more creative too. Like being in the box of I'm working in 35 millimeter, I can choose between, you know, this film roll or this film roll. I can, this ISO, this ISO. Then it's like, how am I going to get creative? Am I going to put it a stop up? Am I going to put it a stop down? Like that is kind of interesting. Um, But I mean, you know, not to get too lofty as like a, you know, film artist or anything. But I, I do think that that has been extremely motivating for me right now um and then you gotta wait and be patient and get the film developed or develop the film yourself um and that's a whole new experience too i think that's like people who are obsessed with vinyl or cassettes right now it's like i'm gonna go back to the roots i'm gonna look at the film grain like (laughs) it's a little obnoxious but i really love it um so yeah that's been super fun i'd say like every third photo i'm posting on instagram or whatever right now is film it's from the film yeah interesting okay well neat yeah because i don't i mean like i don't and i never take photos just because i'm really bad at taking photos (laughs) like even on iphones like when i'm at the restaurant or if people oh can you take a photo of us i'm like let me get one of the girls because i'm sure they could do a better (laughs) job than i can yeah um Okay, so I wanted to touch back um, in regards to you meeting uh, Kamara Brown, right? That's his name? Karamo. Karamo. Who's the one with the good hair on that show? I always forget his name. Jonathan Van Ness. Is that the one with the gray hair? He's got like a palm. No, no, no. Um, That is, oh my God. Uh, Oh my God, he just had a kid. Help me out here. Holy cannolis, what's his Help name? Help me out here, No, girl. I know his name. Now I got to look it up. Look it up. That guy. The, the, he, on that phenomenal. show, I think, damn, he's like, to me, the most stylish out of the group. I don't know why. Well, he I is like his the star. Isn't he the wardrobe? I think he is the No, no, no. Wardrobe's, come, uh, I think it's. Nope. Yeah, no. No, no. Um, Who's the hair then? Oh, I have no service in here. Oh, it's I bad, know yeah. his name. Oh, no. I'm so Uh-oh, mad girl. at myself. Damn. Um, who you're thinking of does do the styling. The styling, that's yeah, makes yeah. Sense. Okay. Um, Jonathan Van Ness, they do the hair, hair and then Karamo yeah. does culture. There we go. And then okay. Bobby does interior design. I can't remember all of them, but, but who we're talking about. Oh my God. <laughs> I think you're just having a moment. I, you're just I, know, a moment. I know and love him so much. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know him personally, but. Um, so touching back on that, yeah, you know, we were talking earlier before we started recording that, um, you do identify as gay at mm-hmm. the moment. So, or bi, would you say bisexual? But, yeah, bisexual. Mm-hmm. I've known I'm bisexual for a long time yeah. at the moment. I've not been interested in a guy. Yeah. <laughs> so I just feel very gay right yeah. now, <laughs> but that's just kind of the cycle. I so, guess. Did you, when did you start realizing, Oh, I think I might like girls. Was it more of a younger age, teenage years? Um, yeah, I mean, kind of high school-ish, but it wasn't really confirmed for me until, really, until after college. I was in a long relationship in college Mm -hmm. with a man, and so I think I was just like, yeah, I'm bisexual, but I'm never gonna have to do anything about it, and I just let it be, and then once I was out of that relationship, I was like, oh my god, whole nother world, and I would say until I moved to LA, I really didn't date a lot of women. It was really hard where I was from. Phoenix? Yeah, like, I don't know that, I don't want to say Phoenix is just, it's hard to be gay in Phoenix, it's just, I grew up there, 
everyone I know is there. It feels a little hard when everyone was watching to do something that to me felt a little, it is a little bit, I grew up in like a town that was very conservative, very Mormon, very, you know, and so judgy. he's very judgy. And there were a few out people at my high school, but they were like, so their entire identity from then on out was that they were the gay ones. Do you know what I mean? Like they didn't really get the chance to be anything other, other than, than gay. gay. So I think that backdrop, although I have very supportive, loving, liberal parents, it was still, I don't know, kind of just, uh, I did it to myself. I really compressed that for a while. And so the past year and a half have been very liberating in LA, even during the pandemic, just being somewhere new where no one knows me, knows me, or I get to just, you know, introduce myself to a different lifestyle. And there is way more of a queer community here than there is in Phoenix. Oh, for sure. I mean, this it's, I mean, it's LA. It's LA. Yeah, definitely. So that's been, I mean, great. Yeah. So, um, for you, what would you say would be, what, how, when you came out to your parents and like your loved ones, everyone was very accepting. Did you have any scenarios where like people were like, you know, that's, I don't know how I feel about that. Or did you lose any friends over it? Um, I didn't do a coming out. I kind of just like slipped it into casual conversation over the course of like five years. Like you're just talking about, it's like, oh, I think I'm going to be gay. Yeah, by as way. if I told them and then they forgot. Like I almost <laughs> gaslit them a bit. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm bisexual. Like I just was like, I just didn't want it to be a thing. Also because in the queer community, there's a lot of feelings about bisexuals and so I, had, I think I struggled with that a while you mean like they're not they're almost like that like there's that's a not bit, cool to be yeah that. there's a little bit of biphobia from straight people and gay people are you saying it because they're like you, you're not gay if you're bi because you yeah go the yeah other or kind of if you end up in a hetero presenting relationship if you're mm-hmm. bisexual woman you end up with a guy then they're kind of like, well, I don't need to recognize your queerness. And not all, I mean, it is just a handful of people that are like that, but the internet makes everything so much louder. And so I think I was a little bit hesitant in that world. And I didn't have a lot of very close queer friends. My, I I do have two, you know, I do have a lot of uh, bisexual and queer friends around me now and people who weren't also out at the time that I was maybe struggling with this, but, um, uh, but yeah, I don't, I, I didn't have anyone necessarily, most of the people that I think I thought would not be accepting of this, I had kind of weaned out of my life by oh, that point okay. anyway. Like so they weren't I was even pretty, involved. I had had such, you know, like everyone does like in high school or something, or you have these kind of like very toxic relationships early on that I got pretty good at narrowing my circle in the way I wanted it to be, or the, or just people I admired or made me a better person or whatever from a younger age. So by that time, I didn't really have anyone in my life that I think would have been not accepting. Yeah. Who would have been like, Oh, what the fuck? Kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are people who are like that. Like I certainly run into that, but they're not people I'm friends with. I didn't, I didn't have to lose anyone over that. Yeah. And I only ask cause I have heard stories of some of my friends that did come out that did lose certain yeah. scenarios or their parents were like, you know, in, in my situation where it's like in the you know Mexican community, it's very looked down upon. I mean, it's very difficult yes. to be, so shout out to if you are in the, you know, if you're Mexican, yeah. if you're any part of that, you know, Latin community, it's very hard to come out because they yeah. look at you like, like, a, you, who are you? Like, what are you? Like, you're not, I mean, I've heard, I've heard stories of parents that disown their kids, that they don't look at them the same, that they don't accept them. So it's very difficult because you have this like machismo attitude in the Mexican mm-hmm. community mm-hmm. where like, if you're a man, you're a man. Like there is no dating yeah. dudes or, you know what I mean? 
Yeah. And it's hard. It's hard. I obviously never experienced that myself, but in Arizona, there's a large, you know, Mexican and Spanish and, you know, a lot of heritage there. And I definitely knew people who had gone through a similar thing before. I'm so lucky. Like my parents definitely will question things every now and then. Like they're super liberal, but then it's always a thing of like, then it's your kid. And sometimes they don't say the right thing or, then that's fine. Like I know they love me, but they do, they did question it. They didn't, um, my dad, it's so funny. My dad sat me down in high school because I didn't date. Like people would ask me out and I'd be like, absolutely not get away from me. Yeah. And, um, my dad sat me down one time, like, I don't know, junior year of high school or something. It was like, are you sure that you like men? And I oh, was really? like, so even he had kind of like, he an had a sense. Him. And I was like, what are you talking about dad? Of course. And then I immediately got a boyfriend. Cause I was like, Oh my God, my dad thinks I'm gay. Oh, and, shit. um, okay. and then, uh, years later when I was just slipping it into conversation, they were like, are you sure you're you sure you like girls like how would you know and yeah. i was like didn't you you were the one who sat me down <laughs> oh, come on like and it was you know it was a good chunk of time after but it was still just hilarious to me i was like okay well, how, how are you gonna <laughs> flip the tables on me here i thought this was gonna be a breeze but <laughs> but i mean yeah i'm so ridiculously privileged that i didn't have to i mean kind of deal with that kind yeah, of stuff, yeah definitely i think it'll be interesting when i i, I do think imagine myself ending up with a girl right now Mm. and so and i have never brought a girl home in that sense before so you're almost like i wonder what that'll be it does i think it'll be an it'll be an adjustment Adjustment, it'll be interesting for sure so i do like you know have normal anxieties over that but not in the way that other people have to experience yeah yeah again because they you were just accepted yeah they're just way more i think also just in life in general they're just not shocked by me anymore they're just like yeah whatever she's alive we're gonna let her be well like my (laughs) I, i mean yeah my parents you know i mean i i know i I just know I don't like dick. Like that's like mm-hmm. my thing. I'm not into dudes, you know. But there's nothing wrong with that, obviously. But like, because I was. You didn't some, have to kiss a girl to prove to them that you were straight. No, that's they just knew. They that's were what's like, funny yeah. though. Is like people are when like, my, oh, you're gay. Kiss a girl when, then. When <laughs> my dad found out, well, I mean, my, my I think my parents knew when like our computer was loaded with viruses of just all the porn I was watching mm-hmm. as a child, and they're just like, yeah, we don't think he's. See, I, I was good. googling pictures of boobs and blaming it on my brother. <laughs> Damn, your brother got <laughs> shit. Dude. I don't even. I don't think it ever came out. Like, I don't think I ever had to verbalize that. Yeah. Hey, no, that wasn't me. That was my brother. I think they just assumed it, it was, was him. your brother. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, sick, yeah, dude. Good on you. <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> so, one thing that um, I wanted to ask you about, and just see what your perspective is on this, right? So, you know, there's a lot of, you know, there's a big. Um, thing going on in the um, trans community where like parents are giving their children almost like um what do you call it hormones to turn them at a very young age now Mm -hmm. i'm very against it because they're not grown yet right so like if your daughter your son tells you even at like seven that maybe they're cool man but keep living your life i don't think you should give them something that's gonna they haven't even matured yet i really am like a hard proponent of maybe not doing that until they're like Mm -hmm. adults kind of right or maybe if they're like teenagers but like you're messing with their chemistry where they're not even like fully developed yet right it's hard for me to think like you're just giving that to your kid and changing them, which to be fair, if they think they're a certain way, I'm not saying that's, that's wrong of them to think that what I'm saying is probably don't give them hormones to turn them in to whatever they want until they really can mature into who they are. It's just very difficult for me to think of like an eight year old getting hormone shots or something to increase whatever. It's just a little crazy. So I just wanted to get your take and see where you were at with that. 
Sure. I mean, I do want to preface. I'm I'm not trans, and yeah, I yeah. and I've never, you know, I have maybe questioned non-binary, gender fluid, but never felt uh, like a stranger in my own body. So that experience, I don't want to, you know, speak to. Um, but and I haven't done a ton. I've done some research. I'm very aware of a lot of people who are trans, or have I have a lot of friends who are trans, yeah. things like that. But um, I. I understand. I've, I was just talking to somebody about this recently, and, and I, I get why people have their concerns. Um, it does feel a little bit like the body positivity thing to me of if, if people are happy and people are making safe decisions together, I don't know that it's really even our responsibility or problem to be talking about it. I understand people are worried because they feel like it's the safety of children. I get that. I feel um, like they're kids, though. They don't know. I mean, they're totally. Like, if they're kids, I mean, I didn't know kids. who I was till I was twenty-four. And like, my nephew plays like he's fucking Star Wars, dude. So I'm like, bro, he's not like you can't. I, I, that's what I'm saying. Their minds aren't even developed. No, that, I, so. yeah, I get that. I do think that at the same time, as much as we think we don't know who we are, I think if you are five years old and you immediately your whole life have been you you have a you have a clinically depressed child on your hands who says and has been saying I'm not in the right body. That's a pretty clear that's thing. Yeah. That's not like they they watched one video about jazz the you know um, the famously beautiful trans girl um, but and then immediately were brainwashed like I think it's just that um, it is very clear sometimes and I I don't know for sure I would have to read about this I you know yeah. it's not something I'm prepped on or anything but I'm, I believe some of the hormone therapy that they do is reversible and some of it is just to help them feel more comfortable until they're at an age where they can make more decisions yeah. and. And that I appreciate and I, I would advocate for it for sure. Um, so I guess I understand people's concerns with it. And I do think it should be talked about regularly. Um, I, I don't think it's, I guess, I think it should be talked about. I don't know that we should be making, feel like we have the right to be making decisions for other people's bodies. Yeah. If we're not there, if we're not them, we're not their loved ones, we're not their parents, you know? So, yeah, Um I get it. I don't, yeah, I don't, I guess I don't have a ton to, yeah. you know, I, I would be wary to speak out of, out of not, it not being my experience. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we are in photography now, right? So for you, what would you say that has been the most outside of the camp thing, right? Once <laughs> you started here in LA, mm-hmm. did you have any humbling moments here where you thought, I'm going to go into this and kill it? And then you realize, oh shit, maybe I got a lot more to work on than I thought. Um, thankfully, I have felt pretty prepared for everything so far. If anything, it's more of like nitty gritty details. Okay. Like really learning parts of the business or learning what my contract should look like. Or that's the bummer about being a full-time photographer if you're freelance is you run your own business. So becoming a business man was not what I was anticipating out of my career. So there are parts I'm just not prepped for or things that I'm not well attuned to. Um, or like, you know, being prepared for the long days and the muscle aches, uh, carrying around heavy equipment all day. Like there's very like kind of tangible things that I think I maybe, I didn't, it's not that I shit the bed on. I just was not prepared for and have now become more and more and more prepared for learning new pieces of equipment that are not regularly used in other studios versus these studios or just things like that. That like there's, you know, sometimes you have to learn on the job and you got to do a little bit of faking it till you make it and trust the instincts that you've built up for so long. I'm trying to think of something specific and I'm sure there are many specific stories, but nothing's like popping to my brain right now. But, um, 
but yeah, I mean, every little moment is humbling, even if I am doing good. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so what would you say for you is the um, best part about photography and the worst part about photography? Oh man. Well, th- I mean, the worst part might be, uh, as I'm sure many people experience when your hobby becomes your job. Um, there's just parts of it that you don't want to do or you have to work really hard to continue to like it sometimes. Um, but, uh, you know, if that's the worst, then I think I'm going to be okay. Have you experienced a burnout period or were you, have you experienced a burnout period or like a a part where you were like, man, I don't know, like almost questioning. Oh, for sure. I mean, sometimes I do, you know, um, one-off shoots that I need to do for money for regular income and it'll be like with an influencer or it'll be with someone who just needs headshots and those just don't put a fire under your belly you know it doesn't matter who you are they just don't and so you kind of go into autopilot and having to remind yourself not to turn autopilot on so that each person feels like you cared and you were trying to really create something for them and be in it as much as they are you know and it just might be a subject matter you don't care about oh my god I did a commercial shoot recently for an ad agency that I love that I work with all the time they're in LA and in Arizona and um it was for a rat birth control company (laughs) a a product it was a product shoot for rat birth control like so have you ever seen those like big plastic boxes outside of like businesses or in alleyways and they have little rat holes on the side like rat traps yes they aren't rat traps what they actually are is a little like milk bar for rats to go take a little get a little drink stop the population and then it, it it makes them not able to reproduce Anyway, look at that. I didn't that even know shoot, that I mean, I had a, I drove to Arizona for that one day shoot. I drove in. I did a 10 hour day. I drove out and I was like, what did I just do? <laughs> what Wait, did I just did do? Did you get, did you have to go in the, like you took pictures I, of the No, box, I took photos or? of them of like workers setting them up in different atmospheres and uh, like, like kind of basic product stuff, you know, like showing where they would exist or photos of customers opening up their box of the product they just purchased or, you know, it was, and I mean, the photos are beautiful as much as they can be for a, a, rat, a rat birth box. control product. But, um, but a that is such a good example of like, I'm so thankful that I can make a good paycheck off jobs like that. But every now and then I'm like, Oh my God, I, what, <laughs> what, what the fuck was that? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The next day I'm like trying to go be creative and shoot this stunning model who wants to be very expressive. And I'm like, I just came from <laughs> rat box. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, as like boring of a example that is, it's totally, I mean. It sounds interesting, yeah. man, because I never even knew they had a rat box birth Dude, control I mean, that's why thing. this job is crazy, too. It truly is every day is different, you know, and I don't know how many jobs are really, like you think they are sometimes, but this Dude, one this is just This one's pretty like, wild, yeah. Yeah, because I'm in this weird market, too, I've marketed myself in different ways. So I've got these relationships with ad agencies. I've got these relationships with production companies. I've got relationships with couples and, and a, a whole community of people who hire me for all their family photos and all their weddings and 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 so i'm in these like really bizarre mixed up like some people only do test shoots and models and that is the only they only do portraits they own that's all they do and i just have my hand in so many things right now that i you know i eventually i will have to narrow it but right now it just feels like this is crazy (laughs) it makes it more fun i'm sure because you're always on your toes you're like what's next it's probably not sustainable but at the moment it it is definitely good for me to be able to figure out you know the animal shoots um, I haven't done like animal shoot. I've done like p- 
people bring their animals to shoots. But you've you never know? done like specifically like this is a shoot for a cat or like a dog. Or... No, dude, I would love to. Though. I've That'd told people, sick, I've right? told people that before because I'm not gonna lie. I think they'd be pretty. They'd be hard in the sense of wrangling an animal. Oh yeah. Other than that, what a good time. It would be pretty sick. Easy. You're hanging good out with cats time. and yeah. dogs. Wait, are you a cat or a dog person? Or I'm both. both. Okay. Cool. I'm an animal gal. Good yeah. Shit. I'll I'll take care of them. Well, okay. I'll I'll visit everybody else's animals. I don't, you think, I have could, your own. I don't think I could have one right now. Okay. Gotcha. I'm a little well, too. You're too busy. Yeah, yeah, I gotta go shoot rat boxes in Arizona and come back the next day for a model test shoot. Dude, that's that's why I never got it because I was living in San Diego for a few years, but I was just I want I almost got a dog, then I was like I'm never gonna have time for him. Like I was always working, I was always out somewhere, I was out with friends, I was at the gym, I was doing this. It's like so I feel bad just having him yeah. at home, like you know, just waiting for your for own me benefit, just yeah. so that when you get home, you're I happy. have someone to hang out yeah. with. It's like no, that's not cool. Yeah, I love my brother has two dogs, and when I go to Arizona, I stay with my brother, yeah. and they are the dumbest <laughs> most beautiful dogs i love them so much and, and so i go i get my fill there one of them is like a uh her uh what is it called like a cattle dog named gemini she's adorable she's very she used to be terribly behaved but now she's the well-behaved one and his new dog Mulder, who's like a mutt Mulder, he's like x-files like X exactly it was, it was named after uh david's character um He's adorable, and he just is one of those dogs who just, like, you look at him, you're like, oh, you're stupid. You're a dumb dog. And he's got this <laughs> dumb puppy face that, like, wrinkles a little bit, and his paws are a little bit too big for him. Like, I can't get over that he's dog. Like I love dopey. him so much. And yeah. then, I mean, he's so you just are exhausted by the end. He yeah. climbs all over me because I'm the ant who he can climb over, and he knows he can. And then by the end, I'm like, oh, my God, thank God I'm going home. I could not do this another day. That's how I... Um I joke around with my sister. I'm like, you know, it's a good thing about having a nephew. And she's like, oh, I was like, cause I can give it back to you after the days. Absolutely. Like, when like, my, when my siblings start having kids, I'm like, Oh, thank God. my destiny is to be a drunk aunt. Like I absolutely <laughs> want to take their kids out on their 21st <laughs> birthday. Like, that oh has my to God. be my destiny. Yeah. I'm I'm definitely like I do want kids, but like not now. I'm so bad at the, like I went to my nephew's swim meet and I'm like, if this isn't like the best form of birth control there is, I don't know what <laughs> I is, used, dude, you know, like, I used to say that because okay, the camp job that I ended up at oh, yeah. in college, I worked multiple jobs all the time. And two of the jobs I worked re regularly amongst my twenty two credits a semester was childcare jobs. So I work and I don't like it. I'm not <laughs> I don't even know how I ended up in that job, but some Somehow I was just like the childcare person. The lady. Yeah. I love childcare apparently. And so I worked in childcare a bunch and I was like, this is the best form of birth control 100%. I could possibly have. Like these yeah. fuckers were just like, and then there's one kid just like, so I was, they have like metal benches at the, the yeah, high yeah, school yeah. or whatever that they were Those at. comfy, and nice, so clingy. This kid's just fucking slamming his feet. She's like, Dylan, stop it. And I'm just like, lady, I swear to God, just get your kid and beat his ass outside for a little bit and then oh bring him back God, or something. Not beat dare. his ass, but like, Dude, tell him something. Because all she was doing was, Dylan, stop. And he kept doing it. I'm like, for the love of God, like, I'm going to grab this kid and just, like, do something. Sheesh. Please grab him. You like, have some aggression to take out on children in Meryl Street. Meryl Street for sure. She, <laughs> I'm not going to really beat her up if I ever see her. I would just, you know. Oh, also, people think that, like, if I met the people that I talk shit about like that, like Meryl Street, that I would be like, oh, hey, Meryl. No, I'd be like... You'd be rude. I wouldn't be rude, but I'd be like, hey, man, you should probably check yourself on, like, when you talk about certain things. So you'd things. be, yeah, you'd be rude. Probably, yeah. <laughs> No, you'd be straightforward. Yeah, I just, I'm All not, right. like, 
LeBron. I would love to see that conversation and see how oh Meryl Streep possibly dude. schools you by the end. Well, she might. <laughs> what if she like did her? What if she's like totally in MMA now because she learns she it's could an be. art form now? Who knows? You know what? Dude? I wouldn't put it past her. She's, she might. Maybe she appreciated she's all the criticism gal. and was like, she you know maybe what? did some research. And she's like, you know what? Maybe I appreciate this more than I thought. Yeah. So, for what, what advice would you give for people um, that are trying to get into photography that maybe don't know where to start? You know, what kind of maybe camera they could buy to start? Because I feel like hmm. the the one you have is a little maybe. Yeah, it's a little it's a little pricey. Okay. Um, but so for a starter, like, if, yeah. what's a good starting camera? Where would you? What advice would you give some? Sure. People? Yeah. Some I guess more tangible advice would definitely be I started on a, one of the Rebel series cameras from Canon, and they're more affordable, but they're also versatile. So you can kind of learn quite a bit. You could even do some video work on it, and you know, do as much as you can and learn. I feel like so much of my advice ends up seeming more general than I want it to be because feel like I have failed so much and I've learned so much but I I mean honest to god it's like just go screw up like go go mess up when nobody's watching because you don't want to you know you want to fake it till you make it a bit and really have that confidence in your abilities and at least trust that you are going to learn but don't do it to the point where you're not willing to ask questions and you're not willing to screw up because if you get an opportunity too quickly and you mess up when everybody's watching it's really hard to recover so mess up when no one's watching like go go fuck up go you know take free photos wherever you can dm randos on instagram dm other photographers and be like can i grab coffee with you can i rack your brain can you show me how you build your contracts can you you know there's just so much now there are so many resources online and so many it's so accessible to people that there's kind of no excuse you know I think sometimes, like when I first started photography, everyone's a photographer. Everyone has a camera on their phone that are pretty good, if I'm being honest. You have a lot of control. Most people don't know, but a lot of these iPhone cameras, you can control the f-stop. You can control the shutter. You can control these things. People don't necessarily do it all the time, but it's so accessible and a lot of people have the money to buy a nice camera and they think that's what makes them a photographer. And so I know I'm nothing special. Like I know that I have a lot, a lot a lot to learn, a lot to grow and a lot to great, you know, um, get my kind of personal style and really come to fruition. But, um, you know, don't let it be that you bought yourself all the equipment and then start charging out the wazoo because you have the arsenal, you know, really build your own like personal, emotional, skillful arsenal. Um, you know, um, but also maybe just shoot some film, Go like wreck a roll of film, get it developed, have the whole thing be wrong and screwed up and learn from that. Because I mean, I don't want to sound curmudgeon but as any, I'm sure older person would say, like it, it's just the original. So you can go learn so much from doing it that way. It's like the pencil to paper instead of on the iPad, you know? And I think that that helped me grow so much. So yeah, I wish I had some better advice but really it's really good advice i don't know what you're talking about okay it's pretty solid i I, I think it's hard like so much advice ends up sounding generic because like it's all true you know um but i don't know i do think also like choose people wisely i don't know i feel like i could kind of go on forever i when i first started doing photo and video i was usually working in male dominated spaces and i had to really like 
I mean, I would straight up lie and be like, yeah, they'd be like, do you know how to do stuff, blah, 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 because they're testing me. They're talking shop. They're trying to see if I actually know what I'm doing and I'm a girl and blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, yeah, actually, yeah, I do. And then I would learn it immediately so that they couldn't be proven They can't talk shit. Yeah. Yeah, Or it might be something I already know, but it's a little bit like that fake it till you make it could potentially be the thing that saves you. Like um, if you're in an environment you think is safe and you say, no, actually, I don't know how to do that because you're asking for help and you're learning from a mentor. Perfect. But if you are in an environment where you think this could be a good opportunity for you and someone is really trying to test you, go learn that thing immediately. If you think it's worth it, because, yeah, I don't know. That that saved my ass a lot of time. Some of my first film jobs ever, I just straight up lied. Oh, yeah. I I've, just was like, yeah, I'm a script supervisor. I, I worked in script, a scripty a long time Yeah. <laughs> in the Arizona film world, whatever that is. And um, I just lied and said I was a script supervisor. And they were like, cool, can you tell me some, some of your past experience? And I was just like, yeah, I just... And I was the best group supervisor in Arizona for a long time because I had nothing to compare it to. So I was doing it the way everyone online said you do it, which was way more intense than they were what they were used to. So like you were blowing them out of the water. Oh my God. Dude. They were like, you're incredible. And I was like, <laughs> thank you. I know I'm doing it for years. <laughs> hey, Dad, sometimes that shit works. I Making it till you make it got me like some really high raises in positions that yeah. I never thought I'd get because I was just like, fuck it, dude. I could probably pull this off. Yeah. Like, have yeah. the confidence of a cis white man. Yeah. Have the go. confidence <laughs> of a white, go into it with the confidence of a white man. Put and your balls maybe, on the table and fucking roll with it, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but go genuinely learn this. Don't blow smoke Don't with their ass. Yeah. And then, yeah, go, go learn the thing and be careful. Like maybe, maybe you'll have an experience where you flew a little, you girl boss yeah. a little close to the sun <laughs> and, uh, and it humbled you, which could also be good. It's yeah. all learning. Yeah. I don't know. I'm still learning, dude. I'm we screwing up left and right. Shit. I yeah. mean, that's what I always said to you. Like, I remember, um, Sometimes I was just telling people like, go fuck or go fuck up a little bit, man. I did. I mean, I can tell you, you like, it. I'm gonna be thirty next year. Ugh. And come on, thirty, flirty and thriving. No, thirty is old as shit now. No. Oh, dude, my knees are all fucked up now. Like, I don't. I'm, Whatever. My, my knees were broken. fucked up at eighteen. Like, I'm gonna be fucked up forever. Thirty's <laughs> gonna be hot. I, I hope can't so. Wait. Shit. Um. So I always, I always gave that advice to like, you know, because we had. Um, you know, kids growing up or like my nephews, you know, or my cousins that were younger. I'm like, dude, just have fun in college. Go fuck up. Like, go. I always say on this podcast, the whole reason I started this was to get people to, because it's the same thing. People who went to college, who got a degree, but they didn't even want the degree. They got it. And Mm -hmm. so they just wasted time, right? Mm -hmm. Go to college and and do classes that sound fun to you. Yes. Right. Go do a cooking class. What, what is enjoyable to you? There's always a question to ask people that I meet too. Or like, if I ever, if I go on dates, there's a question I always ask someone is like, what do you like you know like what what's fun for you yeah they usually don't have an answer because they i guess people don't ask questions like the that. pressure know, is you know. so immense like i i think more people like it's easy for us who are like you know a little bit older than the gen z generation yeah. and have been through it and are still like kind of young and hip for us to be like yeah go screw up like take some fun classes figure out what you want to do when the pressure around in society is like so insane immense, you're 18 dude. and they're like what do you want to do for the rest of your life huh maybe do it now and figure it out immediately and yeah that I mean that pressure is crazy and it doesn't even guarantee the same thing it used to guarantee so no, yeah hopefully more people are talking about like go have screw fun, up man. a little bit figure yeah. out what you like because we have so many more opportunities than our grandparents did Shit they time. had to be in a 30-year career they had there was no they choice had, yeah they of course they thought that's what was stable and that's why they told us to go to college now I get to be a stupid little photographer out in LA and live pretty good you could be like a YouTuber there's so many my grandma avenues, could right? not have done that you know like it just wasn't the same same so we got to take advantage of those opportunities you know i wish yeah like i wish my parents would have told me go have fun in college and not go be a doctor 
Yeah, I mean, like, if you're you know, inspired yeah. by that and you think you'd be good at it, Great, please, yeah. we need good doctors. But if sure you know you're is. not a doctor, don't Go be do miserable yeah, and don't. be a miserable doctor. We don't need those anymore. Yeah, those motherfuckers. There's some out there too, dude. I, I'm not fucking... I don't have like sure. a doctor doctor I go to, so I always just try to like dip toes and be like, where are we going next? Like, mm-hmm. But there's some motherfuckers that are like, yeah, it's this. I'm like, okay, well, I came here for no reason. I'm just going to skedaddle out yeah, of here. <laughs> like, I mean, we love doctors. Don't get us wrong, but I know what you mean. Like, you, you want to... I don't know. It just feels like we are in living in a time... I mean, that is really stressful and really hectic, but also we really do have so many more chances to do different things yeah. that like, I, I think that's why it um, paralyzes people. Like they have decision paralysis. Like they don't know. They're like, there's so many opportunities. Everybody's found their calling and finding their destiny and they're being artists knowing what to do. And so they get overwhelmed. And they don't know what to do. And then we find these people who are like miserable and have no clue what to do. They didn't even, they didn't even do the doctor route or anything. Yeah. So I do think it's like, we almost need to be allowed to screw up a little bit so that you don't get this decision paralysis where you're just like, then you're just an 18 year old white gamer at home. Like whatever. <laughs> I don't, uh, poggers, blah, blah, blah. Poggers. <laughs> you know, like, it's just not. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, uh, before we go, I did want to pick your brain a little bit about, um, uh, you know, you said you had a podcast that you did prior, right? That yeah. That you did a little while ago. So tell me a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, I had a podcast in college um, that was very sit down like this. We had a little bit of structure. We had some, you know, maybe a, a speed round at the end and, you know, some fun things. And we focused mainly that first season of that podcast was on, uh, just female entrepreneurs and creatives. And so we would have different people. We had, you know, people from, uh, bands and people, you know, who started their own business and things like that. It was really, really fun. Um, and that was just kind of like for the heck of it. We had no real direction. We were just like, let's just do this thing. We have access to the studio, you know? And then a couple of years after college, um, with that same, uh, producer who had been studying like journalism and audio in college reached out to me about doing another podcast. And so my two best friends and I built this podcast with her and it was expanded to women, people of the LGBTQ community, transgender artists and entrepreneurs specifically um, to uh, just kind of give a different platform to people specifically from that, um, you know, culture and group and background. So um, that was so cool because um, her name is Jay McAuliffe. Um, Jay McAuliffe is an audio producer out in Arizona, has worked for radio and all these different things. And she really put together some like incredible documentary style um, podcast episodes and we were tiny. I mean, we didn't have sponsors or anything. We were just like doing it for kicks and giggles and talking to these people and they were very well produced, you know, into my, I'm sure she would be like, what are you talking about? Um, but in my opinion, pretty well produced episodes that um, we got some, you know, avid listeners and people who are now regular clients of mine who found me through the podcast and hire no me for all their, I just shot someone's wedding who found me from the podcast. Oh, like, shit. so it's, it just was kind of this fun random side project that I just got to do for fun and meet some cool people and yeah i mean podcasting is really fun there's so many podcasts now it's like it's kind of cool it's just like yeah just go chat with some people and someone's bored and they want to listen there they will yeah yeah and you meet a lot of cool people you do for that for the selfish reason it's pretty good like for the reason of just like eh, for my own mental health and self-esteem like why not yeah 
with a little break. Exactly. Um, well, listen, it's been awesome having you on. I've learned, you know, love your perspectives on different things. Because obviously, you know, we don't agree on everything, but it's very nice, right? Now, I also like that we can have a conversation like that and disagree and not be Absolutely. like, fuck you, bro. Like, no, there's I think- nothing worse than being able to like not to, for, for someone like and again there's things that i like disagree with right but like i'll never i'm never gonna tell you you're like oh fuck that what that's not right right because it's like we can't look at it like that we're never gonna get anywhere like that you know yeah we can't have civil conversation it almost seems like we can't have civil conversations anymore at times you know no i i did appreciate i'm you know i'm glad i got to come on and share some perspectives and have it be open to that i'm glad i came perfect so final words that you want to give the listeners out there for you um, go have fun. <laughs> Hell yeah. Life is stressful. Be respectful of other people. Meet people. Learn different stories. I don't know, man. I'm just, I can't believe I'm living life right now. So that's where I'm at. Awesome. Well, where can people find you if they want to reach out to you for um, photos, for photo shoots, etc.? cetera? Um, what are you, what, in social media, where can they reach out to you? Yeah. Social media is at Reign of Virginia. It's Reign with an A on the end. And then Virginia, like the state. Um, and that's also my website, reignofvirginiamedia.com or reignofvirginiamedia, which is my LLC. Um, yeah, it's all, it's all there. You can, there's my emails, got my pricing sheets on my link tree. She's not, she's not cheap either. So don't be no broke bitches coming out. Just kidding. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm actually, I do pride. I should have said this. I pride myself on being affordable. Affordable. I really like to be accessible to people. I want to be good quality without breaking the bank because I understand what it's like to not be able to have nice photos of yourself. So yeah. Well, shout out to you, girl. Well, I appreciate you coming on guys. Um, I really hope you enjoy this one and we will catch you on the next one. Much love to everyone guys.